0: Howdy, Ags. Welcome back to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help Ags improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop. Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. Lindsay Herod, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2007, is the principal of Lindsay Herod Interiors. Her company was number 43 on the 2021 Aggie 100 list, and she is not satisfied with that ranking. Her growth has been fueled by her passion to deliver happiness, happiness to her clients and happiness to their guests. Happiness that you can feel the second that you step into a space that she's specifically designed for you.
1: So pass it back and listen up to Lindsay as she shares some good bull.
0: Welcome, Lindsay. We are so excited to have you on Aggie Growth Hacks. Uh, We loved seeing you a couple months ago at the Aggie 100 celebration. Congratulations on that. And thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with y'all.
0: We love talking with Aggie entrepreneurs. We love finding the hacks that they've used to to grow. You're obviously one of the fastest growing Aggie entrepreneurs in your business, but we all love AM and we all love being back and celebrating. But, what do you miss about being a student at a m
2: Oh, so much. I feel like my time at a and m was my happiest time of my life. I think I wish I could have stayed longer,
0: oh, to just go back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, the friendships. I think that is the biggest thing that I miss. I, you know, I still some of my very, very best friends, including my husband, I met at A&M, but I miss those little friendships. I miss walking across campus, stopping in the MSC breezeway and getting stuck for hours and just chatting and running into people and saying hi, starting another conversation and just being around those people. I miss those little friendships and some of the ones that I wish I could have held on to over the years, but that's probably my favorite part. You know, I loved, I loved the camaraderie and I also loved all the organizations I was involved in. I was a Theta. Was the,
0: oh, there you a, go. I was
2: a the Theta. I was an MSC hospitality. I did fish camp. I was a counselor every year, all the way through. So just loved being a part of all of those groups and, and giving back and all the friendships I made.
0: I think that's one of the best answers we've got. I know. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Love it.
2: I love being an Aggie. It's fun. And we go back all the time. We're there for every home football game and try to go back a few times in between. Just love being up there.
1: Awesome. Love it. So every entrepreneur has a story about their journey. You know, we all have our journey of of where we started and and where we're at right now. And and it really is about, you know, not always going from point A to point B, but point A to B to C and and so forth, right? Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your business?
2: Yeah, sure. So I was an architecture major at A&M and loved it, loved design, spent a lot of late nights at (laughs) Langford in between all the fun that I had. But I was really passionate about interior design. And so I ended up getting my master's in interiors in New York from Pratt Institute. So I moved to New York after wow. I finished at AM. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun opportunity. I loved being in New York and I got a job with a residential firm up there, Kemble Interiors, that I worked for for seven years. So I had a lot of great experience, lived up there for five years. And then I moved back home to Houston, which is where I was born and raised with my husband. So from there, I kept working for that business. And then I just kept getting my own clients you know, residential interior design is a wonderful industry. We help people make their home exactly the way that they had ever dreamed, whether it's new construction or we work on renovations or full house design and decorating. And I started my business in 2015. So we're six years in and it's just been a steady growth since that beginning. You know, I started with a couple of big clients that I was able to go out on my own and then just grow from there. So We were me in my guest room in a tiny little space. I had like a wall of fabric (laughs) in there and it started to close in on me and I slowly hired a design assistant and then moved into an office space and have grown from there. So it's been a great ride. (laughs) We've had some fun along the way.
0: Well, Lindsay, where do most of your clients come from? I mean, is is it a word of mouth? Do you work with builders specifically or remodelers? I mean, how, how do most people find you?
2: It's a mix. Um, A lot of it is referral, especially in the beginning. You know, I started with one client and then she told all of her friends and we're very big on customer service and making people happy. So we've tried to do that over the years and that's just led to more projects. And now a big driver for our business is Instagram. We, in the design industry, we are very visual and a lot of people look to social media like Instagram for advice and for ideas on their home. So, you know, we have a pretty active social media and we've ended up getting a lot of clients that way. People have followed us for years and enjoyed our work and like the look that we create for people. And then they end up calling and contacting us. So that's that's been a big one. We get some projects through architects or general contractors. I mean, you know, we work with a lot of great contractors and, and they'll bring us a project too. Just um, there's a few different ways, but those are kind of the top.
0: That's awesome. Well, you talked about the growth that you've had over the last six years, but obviously the last couple of years you've exploded and had some really good growth. Is there anything that you can look at that's kind of like a tipping point that has really propelled your design firm to where it is today?
2: I think the amount of new clients has just kind of exploded the last few years. And I think the quality of our work has shown through and we're just getting bigger and better projects every single year. And we're just, we're always trying to have an excellent level of service to all of our clients. And I think that that showed and that has allowed us to get referrals and and grow. And then a couple of years ago, I finally hired an operations manager to run the business side of our company. She does all of our um, ordering, tracking, reporting, and just kind of runs the show. I often say that she's the boss and not me, um, just because she keeps everything running. But that was really crucial for us. I think it allowed me and my design manager to work on the design side and really concentrate on doing really, really great special projects and work and and allowed me to have some headspace to do that, so I think that was a really big moment for us too.
1: I bet Chris and I are thinking the same thing right now. <laughs> I'll let you say it. <laughs> yep. So, c- big question for you is your company on EOS, Entrepreneurs o- Operating System?
2: No, I don't even know what that is. Interesting.
1: All right. Well,
0: oh, you need you're, you're you're starting
1: to implement it. Yeah. Already. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Because the way that Gino Wickman, you know, talks about it is that the visionary is typically the person that starts the business, They're the person with the vision for the business. That's obviously you. You hired an operations manager. That is the integrator, right? That is that is the person who is in charge of getting all the stuff done. So you've got the VI already taken care of there. So that's that's a big chunk of EOS.
2: Interesting. I need to learn more about that.
1: Well, we can connect you. We've got a couple great friends
0: of Aggie Growth Hacks that are EOS implementers and Randy McDougal, the guy I'm thinking about. If you don't know him, every entrepreneur needs to know him. And he's just so passionate about helping entrepreneurs. We'd love to connect y'all.
2: Awesome. I'd love that.
1: So switching gears a tiny bit here, the past year to two years really has been a huge challenge for every single entrepreneur in the entire world. What would you say is has been your biggest challenge that you've been facing today. And how have you been overcoming or hacking that?
2: Yeah, it's been tough. Um, in my industry, the, it's never been busier, which is so interesting. You know, the world shut down. Everybody was staying home and no one was going on vacation. A lot of that disposable income was piling up and people looked around their house and said, wow, wow this is important that I enjoy the space and that it looks good and that it functions for my family. And I've always wanted to do this or I've always wanted a bigger house or I've always wanted to change that. So the phone started ringing. I mean, we, I think I stayed home for about a week at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I was like, I better get back to work. We've got stuff to do. So it's been a a big boom in our industry. Um, You've seen it in the housing market and you've Mm -hmm. definitely seen it in construction. But the biggest challenge for all of us has been supply chain. Absolutely. I mean, we are just <laughs> overrun with orders and overrun with clients that want things and nothing is coming in on time. We're having delay after delay after delay. We can't get things in a timely fashion. We're promised things and they get backordered and delayed. I, I say often, all I do is deliver bad news to clients. You know, we've, oh, you remember that? Sofa, I said that would be in in October. Well, now it's now it's November. Oh, now it's now they're saying February. Oh, I think it might be April. Uh, that's literally all I do all day. I think is it'll be
0: October, news. just of next year.
2: <laughs> exactly. And there's no one can keep promises because there's just a lot of a lot of supply chain issues, and I think we all know that. So it's been a struggle in construction too. I mean, we're. We had a lumber, crazy lumber hike, um, which is leveled out a little bit. Appliances are taking a year to come in from when we ordered. So it's just, it's been, it's been tricky. And I think that we've tried to overcome that and at least make the best of it by really over communicating to our clients. That's been a huge part for us. Cause I feel, I feel like if, if we're keeping them in the dark, they're just going to be more upset when things go wrong or things get delayed again. So We're just trying to over communicate. We are trying to plan ahead on our new construction projects. We're ordering things earlier than we ever did. You know, a lot of times we wouldn't order furniture until, you know, six months from completion date. And now we're pushing that forward so that we can get things on time.
0: You're ordering furniture before they break ground.
2: I know, right? It seems (laughs) like that sometimes. And, I, and I'm also trying to make a lot of things locally. You know, we do we do a lot of custom work. We do a lot of really beautiful designs and we um, utilize a lot of different companies. And in the past, it's been a mix and I've ordered things from manufacturers, but I've also made things locally and I'm leaning more heavily on my local people. I can control it a little bit more. I'm not running into shipping delays because I'm just delivering it from the other side of town. So we're we're trying to utilize as much as we can our local resources. And then just making sure before we're showing a client something, we're just triple checking and making sure that it's available and what the lead time is and just being realistic about what that might look like.
0: Setting the expectations with exactly them.
2: That's a huge part of it. Yeah.
0: That, that's something that we've heard time and time again from a lot of our other entrepreneurs on Aggie Growth Hacks. That, that's just been such a such a struggle. But I love how you are really, you know, your, your answer is to control what you can control. I can control how I communicate, and the second that I hear bad news, bad news is like fish. It doesn't get better with age. So to be able to, to say that and, and to work through that. Well, let's pause a second here and get the message from this episode's sponsor. Lindsay, you know, you've really kind of talked a lot about how you've grown and the challenges that, that you've had so far, and, and I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. I'm going to ask you, what are the trends that you see in your industry? But I, even in this interview, I've heard that you are on the forefront of a lot of things. I mean, when you moved back from New York, you, know, you had to be working remotely, or I'm assuming that, that, that you were. And so, so you were doing a trend years before 2020 hit. Uh, but what are some things that you see in the retail interior design industry that is changing? And, and is there anything that you're going to do to captivate that?
2: Yeah. Well, like I said, it's definitely booming. I mean, we have a lot of people that are investing in their homes and realizing how important that is. Um, They're also investing in second homes. That's a big industry boom as well. People are taking that vacation money and wanting to invest that into a second property that they can spend time with, with their family. So we're definitely excited to have some of those projects come through the pipeline. That's a big hope for mine in the coming years. I love working on vacation homes. But really, I think some of the trends in interior design, you can, I'm sure y'all have even noticed them if you pay any attention. For a long time, it was a lot about beige and brown. And then it switched to gray on gray on gray and restoration hardware stuff was everywhere. And then now it's sort of moved to a lot of white, like a lot of white on white and texture. For me though, personally, I have never really followed any of those trends. So if you look at my portfolio, you will not see much gray at all. And you won't see a lot of white. I'm a very colorful designer and I love spaces that feel very personal to people. So I have started to see that though. I've seen an inkling coming in of a more personal spaces and more color, which I'm very excited to see. So I'm definitely going to keep rocking that and make Friends my that, uh. yeah keep my spaces individual for clients. And I think people are realizing that as they spend more time at home, they want their homes to be a reflection of them. And you're not the same as your neighbor down the street. Why should your house look the same? So that's a big thing for me and I'm happy to see some more color and personality make its way and into um, my industry.
1: That's awesome. So along those lines, every entrepreneur has their big, huge goal, right? And, and you as the visionary, we've already talked about that, right? And we talk about this on every single Aggie Growth Hack episode. What's your big, hairy, audacious goal? What's your moonshot, five or 10-year shot You know that you have in mind?
2: Right, well, I've, I feel like I've got a lot of little, hairy, audacious goals and then I've got kind of one big one. Bring um, In the, I don't know, five-year plan, I would really love to see my team grow. I'd love to have a few more designers under us, do a few more of those vacation homes, grow my team, bring on a more marketing and PR side to our business. We're looking at a consultant for that right now and either start there or maybe bring someone house. So that's a little bit of our short-term, what we wanna do and just keep doing bigger and better projects every year. And then my long long-term hairy goal, big hairy goal. I would really like to own a store. This is, it's kind of always been a dream of mine. (sighs) Retail is a tough business and one I actually know nothing about, but I love things. I love curating objects. I love um, obviously furniture, accessories, art, and I would love to have a place that reflects the things that I love and help bring that into more people's homes. So that's my really long-term goal. We'll see how it works out.
0: That is great. I, I think to be able to realize that you're so exceptionally good at one thing and then to be able to integrate something else to be able to support that. And maybe it's in the same business, maybe it's a different one. That is so cool. I cannot wait for the ribbon cutting of that. <laughs> Thanks. Lindsay, we're going to roll into the lighting round. So real simple. I want to answer these questions, 30 seconds to a minute tops. Tell us what is your favorite hack a business hack, a personal hack, a time hack, management hack. What do you got for us?
2: I think business-wise, time blocking is my biggest hack. I'm sure a lot of people do it, but I have started implementing that really this past year. I was really struggling with time management. And in my business, we get pulled a lot of different directions a lot of times. And I can get through a day and realize that I didn't get a lot of things done. So that's been a big thing for us, trying to block our design time when we can meet with people. And really scheduling out our week. So it's been a big thing. In design, I'll give you a little hack. I'm a big mixer of old and new. So that's something you'll always see in all of my spaces. I love the texture and patina of something old. And I love, you know, the bright, shiny new. So I think that that balance is something that can set a room apart from another space and make it more unique. So
1: That's great. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So next question. What's your favorite advice that you've ever been given? And how did you apply it?
2: I've been given a lot of great advice over the years, but one person that stands out a lot is my father in law, who's also an Aggie, also an entrepreneur. And he always says this. He always tells me, You know don't pick something up unless you know where you're gonna put it down. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's a funny phrase because I feel like he says it in day to day instances where you're okay don't pick up that box unless you've got a place to go put it. So it definitely is a day-to-day piece of advice, but it can be taken in much broader perspective. I think that everything kind of has to have a plan. You kind of have to know what your end result is before you get going. So that's something that I always take into account when I'm looking at doing something or trying to plan something out. And it's made me more of a planner, which is not always inherent for me. I'm sometimes a little bit of spur of the moment person, but my father-in-law is a very big planner, and he instilled that in me, and I think it's been really helpful.
0: That's really good. I'm, I'm a, that's basically strategic planning on a daily basis. Yes.
2: <laughs> He'll say it all the time. You know, you get groceries, and it's like, don't pick that up unless you know where you're going to put it down. What's <laughs> going in my belly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, what's your superpower?
2: This is one of the easiest questions for me. Um, my positive attitude. I have always been a happy person and it served me so well in life. I feel like I don't don't let little things get me down. People know when I'm upset because it doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Like I just, I go roll with the punches. I'm very easygoing. And I think that served me well in both my personal life and business. My mom used to call me happy when I was a baby because I was just always smiling.
1: (laughs) I love that. So next question, what gets you out of bed and excited about your business?
2: Oh, all my projects and my clients and making other people happy. That's the best part about my job is I get to make other people happy. And I get to work with so many different personalities and different styles every day. And that's really what supercharges me. I I don't, I don't have a formula that I implement on all of my clients. All my designs are very different. So that keeps me excited. I just, I don't copy and paste every day. So that's really what gets me excited about what I do.
0: Well, I I can tell you are happy all the time and to be able to kind of have that push through to all of your clients. That's definitely something that's got to be exciting for you. Lindsay, how can our network, how can the Aggie Growth Hack family, how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you for design work, for, you know, just talking about entrepreneurship? I love how we are connecting and empowering Aggie entrepreneurs, but what's the best way for us to get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, well, probably easiest is on our website. It's just lindsayharrod.com. There's an inquiry page. So if you're interested in being a client, please contact us that way. If you want to just chat, you can email me from that link as well. And then on Instagram, that's a great way to connect with us. Send me a message, comment on our photos, say hi. I love that. I get a lot of comments from Aggies on there all the time. My husband and I just redid our house and we have an Aggie bar in it. And it's like maroon, shiny gloss. And I always, every time I post a photo of it, I get Aggies commenting on it. Nice. So come say hi. We're Lindsay Haired Interiors on Instagram. And that's really the best way to keep in touch with us and see what we're up to and follow along in our design journey. <laughs>
0: Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for your valuable time. And thank you for being so so open and honest and, and letting us kind of peer in a little bit to what the secret to your success is. We can't wait to celebrate your next Aggie 100 win. So excited for you and your company, but really thank you so much for joining us.
2: Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. It was really fun. And yeah, fingers crossed, maybe next year we'll be back for another Aggie 100
1: Well, how about that eggs was that pretty cool or what there were some really valuable hacks that lindsay shared with us what was your favorite greg
0: well, there was a lot of them, but I, I think the coolest one was the quote that she shared, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but don't pick something up unless you know where you're going to set it down. <laughs> yeah. And and that took me a little bit, and it, she, she explained it really well, but since we've had this interview, I've actually been starting to think about that and be like, okay, so if I'm going to pick this project up, metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. then do I have the capacity? Do I have the time to do it? And if I don't, then to be able to start saying no to some things that, that are really really cool opportunities, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that I could put down or put down in the right place that I want to have it. So uh, it was pretty challenging when when she said that, but I loved it. What about you?
1: Man, I agree on that. You know, I mean, that's the epitome of being an entrepreneur is that you can do a million things. I mean, literally you can do a million things, but if you've got to choose, pick and choose which ones that you want to do, right? (laughs) That's right mine honestly was and i've got tons of notes here but you know one that i picked out here was over communication with clients right yeah That is key key. in a service (laughs) industry. And honestly, I fall prey to that. I don't communicate enough, I think, sometimes. And I think that a lot of service industry entrepreneurs can take that to heart. And so that's mine on on this one is over-communicate to clients. I've got that as a little post-it note now up on my monitor just because of her. You know, so that's awesome.
0: Especially with all the supply chain issues and everything that, that she's had to physically deal with. Yeah, I don't deal with that specifically on a day-to-day nope. basis, but but setting the expectations of clients of, hey, here's the next step in the process. Here's when it's going to get done. Here's what I expect after that step. And, yep. and over-communicating that and just setting expectations and hopefully delivering better than those expectations, but yeah. then also not setting false expectations.
1: Exactly. And it goes with, you know, under promise and over deliver, you know, kind of attitude, which is great for any service company. I'm going to throw another bonus one in there. Okay. Right, yep, Is ops manager, right? Her ops manager saved her life. And mm-hmm. if you know anything about EOS, entrepreneur's operating system, you know that the very top of the food chain there is the, the visionary and the integrator. And you have to have someone that if you're a visionary, you've got to have someone that can get stuff done and hold you accountable. That's the biggest part is that as a visionary, which most entrepreneurs are, it's really hard. And again, it goes back to the don't pick something up. Right. If you don't know where it's going thing is that we get so sidetracked as most visionaries will be like, oh, I can do that. And and all of a sudden you have shiny object syndrome, you know. If you've got someone there holding you accountable, though, to say no, no, Chris, you shouldn't be looking at that today. That's not what we talked about, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so true. An ops manager can change the life of a business, Mm -hmm. right, and change the visionary's life in in for the better, and make that business so much better. So that's my bonus for for this episode.
0: Bonus takeaway. That's That's right. Well, Ags, that's going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope that you connect with today's guest if you haven't connected with her on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Chris and I also hope that you connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram, and you join the Aggie Growth Hacks Facebook group to continue the conversation there. We would love to connect with you and share your story on a future episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Finally, make sure you check out our website, AggieGrowthHacks.com, when while you're there, you can listen to previous episodes and check out some of our other content.
1: Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies at Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head on over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig'em.
2: Woo!